welcome back to Journey to Christ, and uh, we are talking about patience and waiting on the Lord. So, I wanted to share that in Psalms 37, uh, 7 through 8, um, it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth, or, yeah, bringeth wickedness or, or wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Um, I, I share that uh, with you because it talks about how we should be patiently um, waiting on the Lord. and But as we are patiently r- r- waiting on the Lord, we should be also rest be resting in the Lord. Just like in the uh the scriptures it talks about in uh Matthew, uh I don't know if it's twelve or fourteen, but it's like I believe it's like like the very few last verses it talks about how uh take upon my yoke for my burdens are light, um and rest from your 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 heavy ladens. Or from or rest from your heavy burdens. And so I feel like when we wait patiently, that we should, you know, be giving our our, our challenges and our, our our you know our sufferings while we're being patiently waiting for for God to, to bless us to help us through this through whatever challenge or um, obstacle we're facing, that you know we should be uh, being submissive and uh, letting the Lord bless us as we we, we endure. I agree. Sorry, I'm like way tired right now, but the show must go on. Um, I agree. I think too, for patience, it's one thing that makes us the most godlike. If you think about God's character and attributes, even He has patience, because God could snap His fingers and change our course of actions, what we're doing, but He chooses to be patient. I've kind of thought too about how often we almost think that we're trying to speed God like along, like get him to like do things faster. Almost like we're telling God like in a boot camp to go faster and do things this way or that way and telling God what to do. When in fact, I think there's sometimes, there's like a phrase, uh, let go and let God. So there's times you almost have to let go of our need to control like the outcome of what happens in life and just try and do all you can to allow God to let him do his work that way. Which is why I wanted to kind of jump into the story of Sariah and Abraham. I guess actually it's at first Sariah and Abram, but kind of like the backstory of the context is Sariah and Abraham or Abram, they wanted a baby but at this point, Sariah was, I think, 90, and Abram was pretty old, too. forget how old he was at this point. But anyway, he died at 175, so you know he got old. But Sariah told Abram, hey, I have this uh, handmaid. Um, go with her and have, have like a kid with her. And they did that. And long story short, though, Sariah got jealous of this handmaid, 
her name was Hagar, and she got jealous of this kid, and by the end of it, she actually sent Hagar off and told her, hey, just, like, leave. And with that, though, Hagar gave Abram a kid named Ishmael. Yes. Yes, Ishmael. Mm-hmm. But then when Hagar was going off, an angel told her to come back. And the only reason I bring that part up is because basically, like all human beings, Abram and, and Sariah had their own kind of goal, right? They wanted to do X, and they weren't patient with God to achieve that. So they thought, you know what? God's going really slow with this. We need to find a way to speed God up because obviously God doesn't know what, what's best for our needs. So they used Hagar to, 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 to kind of circumvent the will of God. When in reality, they, they should have gone the God route and even says, and they started laughing towards the will of God. And Sariah was like, should have a baby at 90 years old. And they both didn't think it was possible at all. But lo and behold, it happened through the will of God. I think it's a very cool story because if you think about it, um, Sariah lived until she was 117, 117, which put into comparison, or sorry, 127, which which, like comparison wise, having a kid at like 90 years old, probably like, like, like today's standards, like us having a baby at like 70, like almost like impossible. Like it can't happen like a massive miracle. And so my kind of thoughts of this was that as we have more patience in God, the chance for like a huge like, miracle like increasing also goes up too as, as we follow his will and his way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that story um, because it, it talks about how like, because, you know, Abraham, Abram uh, is 90, 96 and, um, you know, Sarah is 90. But the thing is, is that there's going to be times where like, just like Abraham and Sariah, they're going to be promised, you know, something that they think is impossible, right? Like having having a child at that, that age. And sometimes I believe God like gives us commandments like, yeah, oh, that's not going to ever happen because um, maybe you, it's, uh, maybe you, maybe you're not necessarily laughing at it, but um there will be times in our life where God will give us a, uh, a promise. And sometimes we feel like, oh, that promise can't be fulfilled because, A, well, maybe I can't have children or maybe I'm too old to have children or um, whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to be children, but there's promises that we feel like it can't be fulfilled. Um, but God will fulfill it in, in his own timing. And, and he does. Like, see, it wasn't... Abram and Sarah could literally have their child a long time ago, but you know God wanted wanted Abram and Sarah to have their child at ninety six and ninety, and that that was that was the Lord's uh, will and doing, showing you know His power, like He He's Almighty, He can do all things, and so trust in the Lord and be patient and um, be patient in in waiting for waiting for Him to fulfill His promise. Yeah. I think, too, with our current social media, with the Instagram or the Facebook right now, it's very easy to think, well, I'm X age right now. Mm-hmm. I should have X, Y, and Z. 
we see all these other people in their life with these different uh, accomplishments or statuses or milestones. And I think what I've kind of started to, to think now is like how thankful I am towards God that he loves you so much to not give you certain things because if you've given like a gift too early or like a, or like a promise or like a position too early, you can almost ruin things be before it even like starts for you. I kind of think of the story of uh, Joseph Smith, like the plates were right there, he could see them, and he was instructed to wait and to come back every year and until a like, certain period. I'm sure for him, he kind of thought, let's just get this started, like why the wait? But what a blessing that God makes us wait for certain things, so it's like our right timing. I think sometimes we pray and thank God for things that almost didn't come from him. And the only way to know if a gift came from God is to like really ask him to pray, like, like discern that feeling. But had Joseph Smith been 14 and had the plates, who knows if he was even ready for that like re responsibility at all. If he would have got them lost or sold them or anything else. So I think God knows what we're like ready to handle at any given time. <laughs> I really like that thought just because I feel like just going back to Abr Abram and, and Sarayas, there's be, there's going to be times where God wants this just to teach us a lesson. Not necessarily that we aren't ready for it. Like, for example, I, I really believe that Sarayas and Abram was, you know, ready to have children and stuff like that. But I really believe that God wanted to really show Abram and, and Sarayas his power, God's power. And, and you know, that it, it is, you know, infinite and it's, you know, all, almighty. Um just like what Matt's saying, sometimes um, we may feel like, you know, uh, like, you know, Joseph Smith, you know, at the age 14, and we may not, we may not be ready to receive that blessing at that time. Um, but just because there's a, a, a blessing that we want and we haven't received it yet, doesn't mean that... Um, we can't still, you know, be blessed by God's love, and we can't be blessed in other ways. So don't feel like. So I would say, even though if the blessing that you're seeking isn't fulfilled, I wouldn't be just solely focused on that blessing, but focuses on you know God's love and his and his power and how he's been blessing your life, because. That would eventually lead to to greater blessings and to greater lessons to your life. Because, in all in all reality, if, there's a scripture. Um, I didn't know this was gonna go in this direction, but it talks about how in the Book of Mormon, how like there's light given added upon light until he until you know it's being acted upon, and then that with people acting upon that light, eventually God will reveal. His mysteries, the, the mysteries of God, um, unto man, or woman, man and woman, and um, and that's the thing, you know, you can't just be um, magnifying. You can't be magnifying um, just one soul blessing that you want because there's so many blessings out there that God wants you to have, but you don't seek those blessings. You don't ask for those blessings because you're hung up on that one blessing and you're missing out on all of this great stuff that God has prepared.
prepared for you. You know, He's made this plan of salvation. He has planned all these blessings for us to to receive and, and gain. Um, but don't be uh, don't be hung up on you know on that one blessing that you really want. And it's like, yeah, I didn't get this one blessing, but you know, it's it's good to you know want good blessings and want good things. But don't um, don't admit, forget or diminish blessings that God has has blessed you with. I agree. <clears throat> I want to tackle more of the question of how do you wait properly? I think there are better ways to wait than others because, you know, Bob over here might think, you know what, I'm going to wait. It's like the parable, like the uh, talents. One guy thinks, you know what, the master is gone out of sea right now. I'm going to wait. He's doing his, his own thing. I'm going to bury my talent. I'm going to wait and we'll see what happens. And obviously... That's a wrong kind of waiting because you're doing nothing, the master's gone, and nothing get, gets done from that. Whereas the other guy says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to wait, but still do things in like the meantime to get things like done. I think that's probably the best way. Kind of my like analogy for this is if you're some sort of farmer and you plant tomato crops or whatever, and they're in, in like the ground, you wouldn't constantly, as a farmer, dig them up and then re-see how, how the seeds are doing. Like, once you have something buried in the ground, it's in the ground. Like, can you imagine some farmer constantly, like, re-digging up his, like, seeds, see, like, how they're doing? That makes no sense, right? Yeah. Kind of the same way we have all these dreams and goals and aspirations that we almost, in their seed form, hand to God in the soil, and they're deep in there, but we constantly dig them back up and say, God, where is this? Like, I, I asked you for this two weeks ago. It's not here yet. And you don't you don't allow things to grow because you're constantly undoing all the, the progress you already did for them to allow them. So one thing I thought of is how can I wait more in the way of uh, a godlike person? My kind of thoughts were, for example, for Lehi, he says, I have acquired a promised land. At that point, he didn't have like a promised land at all, but in his version, he had it right then. And kind of the thought I had was, if you know you're, you're gonna eventually achieve X thing, right? And for you, that could be something else than what it is for me. If you already know God's kind of promised you, you'll receive X promise, then it's as if you already kind of have it right now, right? So in my opinion, you might as well work like, like you have it right now. So if Lehi knows, that he'll reach the, the promised land, then in his version of waiting, he's going to work and do all he possibly can to get to the promised land. But I think one way that's helped me to wait is almost to pray and ask God right now, where's this going? Like, what are thy promised blessings for me? And if you know that, then you have something to kind of fight for. I kind of think how, um, how much mercy God has because the, the children in the Old Testament and the Bible, he didn't have to tell them about the whole like, atonement because, to be honest, they would be dead anyway by the time it even happened, like forever in the future, right? But I, I think he more told them for the waiting process to be easier, for them to be able to kind of fight for something in like the meantime. <laughs> so I, I, I liked uh, some of the thoughts you, you shared. Uh, I want to just kind of like, uh, share mine. Um, so you said about like waiting patiently and like, uh, how like 
the the talents you know burying your talents is not it's not the right way of actually waiting on the Lord. And I definitely agree with you there. And I I heard this uh, recently um, from a from a bishop, and he he was saying that waiting on the Lord is is action. It means you are being a good person. You're doing all that you can. That means you know you're you know you're doing all that you know God has asked you to do. You're following His commandments. You're you're repenting of your sins. Um, you're doing the core things that you know that helps you become closer to God. And you know you're studying scriptures. You're praying. That that's that's waiting patiently on the Lord. So if there's a thing, for example, if you're looking for a job, you know and you you haven't found one you, you know you've done, you've done your applications and you know keep don't yeah keep waiting on the lord if that's waiting on the lord keep praying keep you know um uh you know keep studying your scriptures and keep following god's commandments that he's given you so that you can feel uh his presence and his love and you know that blessing will come to fruition and it will happen when God sees it's the right time to show you His power, and I think that's what it is that we don't know, really realize. When we receive blessings, God is showing His power unto us. He's showing that yeah, my power is almighty. And some of us like say yeah, that's cool. I got my my blessing, and we dismiss God's being the the one that's the the, the giver of the uh, of the gift or the blessing, I should say, just because. We can't see God, and sometimes we we miss that that connection. And the other thought I had, um, as as Matt was speaking, was he, he shared um, how that he shared that like oh, I'm trying to think I kind of lost my thought. You're good. So, I will say this. Um, I want to share this with you guys. Um, in Proverbs 14, verse 29, it says, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty in spirit exalteth fully. I'm going to break that down a little bit. So, it's saying that he that like is slow to, to anger has like, great understanding of like of people and understanding of you know of, of Really, that's what it is. They have great understanding of people. They understand the process of, you know, we're all on the same boat. You know, some of us are headed in different directions. and But we're all trying to hit, hit the same destination, even though we're all in different directions. Um, the second part, um, he that is hasty, or yeah, he that is hasty of spirit exalted folly, saying if you're, you're quick and you're not patient, you know, just, you know, you want to get it done and you just want it, you want it now, you're, you're really exalting folly, you're exalting, you know, foolishness, you know what I mean? There's no reward in, in being hasty. Um, I think I would add to all of this. Like, you, the person listening to this right now, you have your own trial or a session or season of waiting too. And you can't mess it up. I think about a lot of people in the Bible where had they not waited properly, we would not even know like their story at all. Think about, you know, Joseph in Egypt. He had to wait in that prison cell for a long time. And had he been complaining and saying, you know, this isn't fair at all, he would would probably not have gotten to his like gift of like interpreting dreams 
and being able to actually praise God. Or imagine what if Noah was waiting for this flood to come and he's like, he had this like second thought of like, but what if it doesn't come? I think it's okay to have like doubts too, but as long as you perform the like like the actual action that you need to follow God's will, then you're fine. Like even if Noah had like doubts about the flood actually coming, he still built the boat. He still got on there and was on there while the flood happened. So I think even in our lives, if we don't always know what's going to happen, then as long as we make the, like, the right action towards God, we'll be okay. I kind of think today, especially for a lot of young people right now, between the ages of 12 to 18, it's a massive time in their life, right? Like if I was a dad right now, I'd really pay attention to those years of someone's life because you have this long waiting time, you're not quite an adult yet, and you have things like mission and marriage and a job and school coming up. You're just kind of sitting there. It's so easy to be impatient and to think that you want your triad life right now. But so many of like, the good things in life, they, this through um, age, they start to kind of like age better. Like the, almost like the taste of wine. Like as it kind of like sits there, life just kind of gets more like sweet in my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that, you know, um, there'll be times where um, we have opportunities of, of growth and whether it be, you know, you're 12 or you're 18 or maybe even younger or even older, um, there is a, a period in time where it's, it's important to, to really realize that you are a, you're a, a son and daughter of God and that God and in this pre-mortal life, or not pre-mortal, in this lifetime, God is trying to show you that He is your Father in Heaven. So, the more that you try to make connections, the more you're trying to build a relationship with Heavenly Father, the more you're going to see His love, the more you're going to see His power, the more you're going to experience that joy. But if you don't, like, seek that, and you discredit His power, you discredit, you know, if you're not patient, and you're not... not waiting on him you know you're gonna miss all that the good all that good moments it's kind of like what matt was saying if he was a dad he wanted he wants to spend time because he sees that as a, a very precious moment you know being from 12 to 18 um because you're 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 new you learn you learn a lot between those ages you know you know you're still learning how to make friends and it's and you know you're still learning about yourself what kind of career you want and you know what college you want to go to um also, what kind of friends you want to make, and it's there, there's a lot that uh, happens in, between, in, in those ages. Yes, sir. So my notes for today are actually kind of short, so I'm not sure what else you kind of want to like actually focus on for today, Lawrence, okay. for your side of things. Um, I I was just gonna talk more about more about patience. I know we talked a lot about uh, waiting on the Lord. Um, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit more, and because I feel like being patient is a little bit different from waiting on the Lord. I mean, they, they both have, like, really uh, a, lot, a lot of commonality, a lot of common ground. Um, I want to go to James 1. Um, actually, where, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? Um, I want to go to Romans 15, 5. It says, 
For whatsoever thing were written at aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of scripture might have hope. Hmm. So it's saying that everything that God has written for us it was written for ahead of our time. He he knew he knew exactly what we were gonna, gonna experience and everything. But he read it he wrote he had the scriptures written, his word written, for us in these days. He knew that we we're going to have a lot of struggles. He knew what trials and, and temptations that were going to be, you know, uh, given to us. And and the thing is, he's saying, be patient. Well, he says, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, you might have hope. So it says, if we have patience with the, God's word, because it, it is comfort. So if you're patient with God's word, even if you don't understand, if you do have doubt, like what Matt was saying, it's sometimes uh, it's okay to have doubt. And the thing is, you shouldn't give in to your doubt. And I think that's uh, that's the thought I wanted. I remember now I wanted to uh, talk about is that it's okay to have doubt, but you shouldn't dismiss the things you know. Some people will do that. It's like, oh, I knew all this, but I had this doubt, and you just threw it all to the wayside. It's like saying. You're, let's go to the math analogy of the, of the farmer. Let's say you, you had all this, you know, good, you know, fruits and, and vegetables and uh, produce, um, and you're, you're ready to sell on the market. Um, but one of the, um, as, as you're trying to sell these fruits and, and vegetables, one person then like said, like, for example, they said that like this, your, your produce is, is terrible, or they found a bruised one. It's like, oh, this, you, you're... You, you, you're, you're a terrible farmer. And so then it's like, wait, maybe, maybe I am a terrible farmer. Maybe I should start farming. Maybe I should do something different. And then eventually we, we shouldn't doubt ourselves because of one one doubt. We shouldn't, we shouldn't throw away everything just because we have this one doubt. So I feel like what is being said, we should be patient. And in, in, uh, in, in Romans, that we should be patient with God's word because it will give us comfort. It will give us strength. Is it's that faith, so it's having faith in God that's like He's your loving Heavenly Father. His words, He's He's promising you things, and it will come to pass. And I feel like that's that's what it comes to like Lehi. He said, "I promise you," the the promised land. So he already received it. He just has to go like receive his gift. He already received it. He's like, "Oh yeah, I just need to go receive it." God already promised me the promised land. So I just need to get my family over there. He already knew. It's like he thanked God because he already, in a sense, received it because all he just has to do is go to the destination. He, he didn't, there's nothing more. I mean, he, yes, they didn't get teleported to, you know, the promised land. I mean, that would be cool, right? But they wouldn't have learned all that important um, um, learning moments, you know, when Nephi's bow break and, you know, and, you know, and just all the adversity they um, experienced during to Jerusalem, to the promised land. They wouldn't have, you know, building the, the ship, you know, um, and everything else. They wouldn't have experienced that if Lehi's family was just teleported. It's like, boom. They would miss so much of blessings if it was just an easy, like, all right, I want you here. I'm just going to teleport you there. Yeah. But, but that's not how God works. He wants you to experience hardship because he knows that will help you grow. He knows that, you know, that you need to experience, you know, pain and sorrow for us, for us to grow, for us to learn about joy and happiness. And he wants us to learn 
to how to turn to God and to how to, to give our, our problems and how to uh, endure patiently and, and endure it with, you know, hope and, and, um, and, that, and, that, and, that, and a happy countenance. One thought I had was, why does God have all these callings made at the pre-earth life, right? Like he says, you're foreordained to X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Like, why does he do that? And one thought I kind of had was part of it is to help us to be more patient. Kind of thinking about like the atonement of Jesus Christ. For all the people that were pre the atonement, they still were able to use the atonement even though it hadn't happened yet. And time-wise for like God, it's as if it already happened before it even happened because God knew it would happen anyway. And kind of for... Like prophecies too. I think about like the scriptures where it talks about Joseph Smith, how he, he was like foreordained to make a prophet. And technically, though, before, like from 14, like 1 to 14, he wasn't really anybody at all. He was just some guy. But he had to wait through all those years of persecution and not knowing where to go. But if you think about like in terms of actual history and course of events, even at 12 years old, he was foreshadowed like a great prophet one day through the Bible and the word. It was like in the actual book. It wasn't the, those words were going to go anywhere at all. I think we would probably be surprised of how many written prophecies and written records and written books there are of our own lives somewhere in heaven of things that we're about to do. And we just have no idea we're about to do it. And I think if we're just patient because some might say, oh, Lawrence is already going to be this. Like, it's going to happen. But he doesn't know it yet. It's almost like the whole Joseph Smith thing. Like, it's like already in the book. But you just don't know it quite yet. I think we, we just have that kind of attitude of, like, being patient with the will of God. Knowing that he has always great blessings and promises that you have no idea that you even want. Like, because if I said to you, Lawrence, um, here's this guy, Lawrence, it's you. Bless him. I don't think we even know in our lives how to bless ourselves, let alone another human being. But God in his mercy knows how to love us in our own way, in our own gifts and talents and personality. So he knows for you how to best bless you 15 years from now in ways you can't even comprehend. But as we just trust in the process and his love, we'll get there anyway. Yeah, I really do love that just because... um... I think a lot of times we think we're less important or not important. It's like, yeah, that can't be me. And, you know, Joseph Smith, you know, just like anybody else, you know, he was just preordained to to res- help restore the, the gospel of, church, uh, to, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So it's, uh, I really love that thought. I heard this quote too. You know the quote, um, many are called, few are chosen? Yeah, that's enough. And the quote was, few choose. Like, that's why, few choose. So you have to choose what you want your path in life. Yeah, and it and it's, it says why there there's so many uh cho- or few so many few that are chosen, It's just because uh it, that a lot of people you know succumb to the worldliness of the world, and that's what it really comes down. To. It's in D and C. Um, uh, I'm just drawing a blank today. Uh, it's not eighty two through. What is it? I asked real fast. If you have the whole 
Tree of Life, Iron mm-hmm. Rod. Mm-hmm. The reason why people probably went to the um, site and to Babylon and to uh, just what they shouldn't have in their feelings because they didn't think by being patient it'd be worth it to reach the fruit. Like they thought it can't be that good, right? When many of them hadn't even tried it. So, or the people that did try the fruits, when they tried the first time, they're like, it was good, but it changed my entire life. But they didn't wait for the process to happen. They wanted like the process to be, I ate some fruits, and then I'm like a new person instantly. When it took time, you look at Lehi's family, he stayed by the tree. He didn't have some bite one time, then leave the tree. It was about like waiting for the, the effects to happen in his life. I like that thought because it's true. People tasted of the fruit, and then once people started like laughing at it and making fun of it, it was like, oh wait, I I feel really terrible. I feel really bad. And I, I mean, it, they they enjoyed it at first, and then it's like, oh maybe I don't. We really, I really don't want this. I mean, they're right. You know, this is crazy. Well, whatever. They're making fun of the the good fruit. Um, and they they leave and they 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 listen to their doubt. They threw away something really good, which they could really brought them so much joy in their life through like some through like throughout eternity they they threw that away because they listened to their doubt and that's that's something that hopefully you understand that our doubts can be devastating um another thing i wanted to talk about is uh in james chapter one verse two and four it talks about um temp uh it, it says uh, my brethren, count it all count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and and entire, working nothing. And what I love about this is that, like when you fall into temptation, it's really telling you like what you can do when you fall into temptation. It says. Be grateful. Share your gratitude. That's what it's saying in verse 2. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So count of all your blessings that God has blessed you. So if you feel tempted, start showing gratitude. Think of the blessings that God has given you. And then he says, and he continues to say, not just have gratitude, but it says, knowing this, try the trying of your faith works with patience. So, you know, even though you're being tempted, you know, keep being patient um, and staying on the path that, you know, God has, has paid for us. And, you know, and... And he said, and he continues to say, but let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So keep working and holding fast to God's word until it becomes a part of you. It's pretty much saying when you're tempted to do whatever, to sin, it's saying keep, keep holding fast into, you know, to God, you know, keep showing gratitude, count your blessings, um, holding fast to that word. Until you don't want that sin, until that, that that until that temptation disappears, and that's what it's saying. Like that, that perfect until it becomes a, a perfect word. I hope that's. I hope I, I didn't make that more complicated. I like that verse actually because it says, "Wanting nothing," and you think, "Well, why does he want nothing?" Because in that instance, God wants nothing from that either from you. Like for X thing, if God says, "Actually, Matt, that's not for you." And you should think, okay, that's not for me either. So our wants and our needs should align with what God wants from us. And that becomes really, I think the gospel actually is very simple. And it's just form and it's like foundations. 
Um, basically, we should want what God wants. Just give it, give Him our will and our choices. I heard this quote actually, that God will micromanage you if you want Him to. I'm not saying like for the color of your shirt to really have your breakfast, but deep down you'll know if something's for you or not. I think in your story of where you're going in life, and I'm really patient with God. We want nothing because we already have Him. He is the source. It's almost like you have Santa Claus there. Like, why would you want the presents when He makes the presents? Like, He is He is the source of the peace. He is peace. He is love. So you don't need to seek for love because you're standing who created love in the first place. So he'll teach you what to want in the future. I like that thought. Just because like we, we, we take time to like focus on the blessing so much that we forget the source. We forget the source that the, the, the really main reason, the, the importance why um, we're, we're doing it. And I feel like we, we're good. We try to be good, and sometimes we, we try to be good for the reward instead of actually trying to be good to be a better person. And I feel like it's easy to... It's easy to blind ourselves into thinking, like, oh, I want this because it's good. And then we forget. I mean, it's nothing bad. It's, it is a good thing to want. But we forget the source. We forget God. We forget Jesus Christ. We, you know, we forget th them. Or we start to forget parts of their words or their commandments. Um, um, I almost would argue it's the original sin in this whole plan. Like, yes, one could argue that Satan did what he did for pride's sake. But what if it was because he wasn't patient? Because if you think about it, for both Jesus Christ and for Satan, it was actually the same outcome because people would say, oh, how scandalous that Satan wanted to be like God in his glory. When you think about it for Jesus Christ, at the end of the day, we'll also be like God. So same outcome, but Satan wanted it without work and he wanted the glory to be given to him, not the Heavenly Father. And he wanted the process to be done instantly, not to wait through all of this. Right, Christ was willing to wait through all of this, through time, through creation, through the resurrection, all of that for this to first happen. I think you could almost derive a lot of sins from the lack of patience and a lot of their form. If you actually break it down for what causes a lot of things to happen in their it's like sin form and all that. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is, is that we don't know what to do. Or we forget what to do when, like, once we're tempted in the, the sin form, like, whatever it is, we the sin. We get tempted and we forget, like, we have, we have a Heavenly Father to help us. We can pray, we can have, we read the scriptures, we have sources to help us to come unto Him. We, but we also have to hold fast to that word. So it's, a, it's actually a, a work of, it, it, it takes, it takes effort. I'm not saying... This process is easy. I'm not saying any of this process is easy. This is all work. This is all things that you, it's going to be hard. And that's the thing. It's that's it, it's hard because we're, we're learning to become like God. We're learning to become, to have that nature. I would say too to that, like if you ask the question, how do I become more patient? I think your level of being patient increases as you know the character of God more. So like, a, like an analogy, if... 
every time I call the same friend Bob to pick me up from the airport, and Bob, you know, he's sometimes late, so he's like a few hours late, but every time after the airport, we have this great massive dinner, and it's on him, he's super nice. If I know that every time Bob does that, if I'm constantly checking the time, like it's been three hours, he's kind of late, and I think, you know what, I'm just gonna call like an Uber, I'm just gonna go faster with it. And we cut short all those blessings, but if we know the character of God, like wait, every time this pattern has happened in my life for X thing, God has always done Y, then we can understand more about how God works. But if you don't know Bob or God in this context, why would you be patient? Because you don't trust. Patience is really, if you had to like, to like define patience, it's trusting in like a greater good. But if, if you don't believe in the source of that good, Christ, and creating that good, what's there to wait for? You're just going to do like your own thing anyway. I like that. I feel like uh, there, there are times where we, we cut God out of our life, not intentionally, but we do it out of, you know, lack of patience. It's like, this is taking too long. I'm just going to, you know, do it my way, you know? Or like God gives us a specific commandment and we're like try to hurry it or rush it. It's like, and we don't see that, we miss that fruit because we didn't, we weren't obedient in waiting on the Lord. And so we don't get a, you know, we miss out on that, that, that fruit, that blessing, because we, we simply were too hasty. We're too, we're too hasty and um, wanting that blessing and we act upon it. And I think that's the thing is, um, I think that's really what, what it derives from. If, if, you're, if you're grateful and you have gratitude, it's so much more easier to have to be patient because when you gratitude, when you have gratitude, you're not gonna be wanting, you're not gonna be having a want because you're really filled with gratitude. You're you're grateful for your family, you're grateful for your home, you're grateful for your your car or whatever it be. Um, gratitude for me is like you're filled with gratefulness, meaning you're filled with happiness, not saying oh, but I really want this. In that moment, in sense, you're not in a state of gratitude. You can be grateful for things, but you're not in a state of gratitude. Your heart is not filled with gratefulness, and you are of want. It's like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You, you want a, a good thing, but it's your, it's your hastiness. It's your, you know, the lack of gratitude and the lack of, of, of patience. And so it's good to see good things. And... Uh, so don't don't be discouraged to seeking good things, but be patient. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is Mosiah, chapter twenty four, uh, and it's in verse fifteen, and it says, "Okay, and now it came to pass that." The burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. Yea, the Lord did strengthen them, that they could bear up their burdens with ease. And they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. And I, I, I want to just say this, is that Alma and his brethren were facing tribulation. Um, they were um, being, uh, I believe there were captured by the uh the Lamanites and um they they were suffering sore afflictions they were you know they were slaves in a sense they were you know the the, the sore bur uh, sore grievous burdens 
um, upon them. But yet, what they did was um, the Lord strengthened them, and they submitted their will to God. Even though they were in the greatest place right now, they wanted you know freedom. They wanted you know um, they were in a hard hard place, and so. Even if you're having difficulties and challenges, doesn't mean you can't find happiness. Doesn't mean it's just because you have tribulation and challenges does not give you the excuse to not follow God's commandments. We should be always following God's commandments. Doesn't matter the circumstance, you know. Even though if we we had a bad day and it's really hard, you know, that's when we really turn our heart to God. It's like you know what, I really had a bad day. It's like right now I'm having a really hard time. I can't even open my scriptures. I just feel so sad. I feel really hurt. And you just really talk to God and God will give you that strength so you can just even open your scriptures and maybe even just read one verse. Um, God understands that we're people and that we have feelings, we get hurt, um, that we struggle, we have weakness. Um, but just because we, we have weakness does not excuse our... Our capacity to follow God's commandments. We, you know, we're still responsible to do our best to keep His commandments. Um, so don't feel like, oh, I have this weakness, so like it's okay. I don't have to keep this one commandment. Um, but that's not the case. So make sure that you, you know, you understand that it's okay to to have challenges and trials in your life. Yeah, I think too. I think how to like phrase this. I'm gonna phrase this. Take your time. Take your time. I gotta. I'm gonna pull something up as you you think about this. Um, there is this talk by Elder Holland. This talks about waiting on the Lord. And uh, he shares this uh, this story, First Kings chapter seventeen, verse one through seven. It says, it's about Elijah, and it says, and Elijah the the uh, tip t- uh, Tishbite Tishbite who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, or Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Shereth, that it that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I shall command the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the words of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Shereth, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook, and it came to pass, it, it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And what I wanted to talk about this is that even his prophets had to be uncomfortable. He had ravens feed him, like, flesh and bread. He really had to eat food out of a, a, a bird's mouth. And drink of the, you know, the, the you know, uh, a, 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 the water from a, a brook. Um, and I, I honestly don't know how clean the water was. I mean, he, he had to do uncomfortable things, but yet he still believed in God, and he still was a prophet, and he still was hopeful, and he endured those those challenging times you know so don't feel like because you're doing great and you do good things and you had bad things started happening to you doesn't mean god doesn't love you anymore or um he's disappointed in you it just means that you know 
it just means that you're, you're, you're just part of the process of life. You know, that's part of, um, uh, of everything. Um, just because, because the whole point of salvation is that we will have tra challenges and it doesn't, you're not, nobody's excluded from, you know, from hardship and sorrow. Whether you be the best Christian or the, the, the or not even believing in God or, or Jesus Christ, you will have hardship and, and challenges. That's, um, Elder Holland says, you know, Christianity is, uh, is comforting, but also uncomfortable. Yes, sir. Okay, so here's the thought I kind of had. Um, look back in the Old Testament, they had always blood sacrifices that would be on the altar. I'm sure at times God was like, dang. Because obviously he knows in the future, it won't be like this always, right? It's going to be the higher and holier law. It's going to be more clean, broken heart, contrite spirit. I'm, I'm sure there's times God was like, always just, just, just like jump to this next step right now. But when God would try and do that, it wouldn't work. Think about like Moses, the the new like commandments, the tablets, and it was like the higher and holier law. And then he comes down there. And they're, they're like the golden calf, and they're worshiping it. And he throws the tablets on the ground, and God's like, you know what? Actually, they're not quite ready for this new law, right? And then fast forward to the future, he's like, hey guys, we have a new thing called law of consecration and polygamy. Here it is. People are like, this is crazy. This isn't gonna work, and they started complaining about it, right? And he's like, actually, taking it back. So I think about how many sneak peeks has God given you in your life of what you could be of higher, holier, uh, promises, commandments, laws. But when God kind of gave it to you for a second, you're like, Whoa, this is too much. And he kind of gave it back and took it. And I'm sure there's in our lives, multiple things where we weren't ready for said blessing. I also wanted to kind of add, um, the law, like you meant the law of gravity. Even if you're a good person, a bad person, you're a saint, or you're like a, terrorist if you jump off a massive skyscraper you're gonna die no matter who you are right i think about the law of patience if you compare god and satan they have like very nothing in, in common right god um satan doesn't, doesn't believe in love and um and any of these kind of things that embody the christian faith and us being good right but they both believe in being patient the thing about satan he's patient God's patience. I think one kind of cool thought is for the law of patience, it will work for you no matter who you are. Like it's just a God-given principle, like the law of kind of gravity and kind of, I think we're probably almost going crazy for this kind of like killing this like dead horse now. Like, but the point the, for this entire podcast today is that patience is more or less the answer, more of you probably think it is. There's probably some things in your life currently where you think you're being patient, but you actually aren't. You're not close to being patient at all. That's kind of why I actually created this episode for today is because there's a few things I was like, I thought I was being patient with it, but then I realized, actually, I'm constantly, um, the whole like farmer like analogy, grabbing these seeds over and over again and asking God, where are the carrots? Like I asked you for this a few weeks ago, but I think it would shock us how many seeds are currently in our life growing slowly and we don't let God do his work for us. Yeah, I, I love that. Just because... Uh, because... I feel like it's easy... To feel like... 
we're on the right path. I feel like sometimes it's easy to like, yeah, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, I'm doing great. And sometimes we don't realize that, you know, we're actually off a mark, you know, we're um, a little further uh, um, off the path than we really thought. Just because it's, it's, it's easy to, the, the, you know, to get off the path because, you know, straight and narrow is, is, uh, is, is the path and, and broad is, you know, is the, the gates of, of destruction or hell. But remember that scripture? It's in the Book of Mormon. It talks about, you know, straight is the gate, narrow, narrow is the path. And mm. yeah. Um, but I really think that waiting on the Lord and being patient, it, and being patient um, will bring you a lot of blessings. And I honestly say from my personal life that I've, I've been definitely blessed for, for waiting on the Lord and also being patient. Um, to be honest, um, I, I got this calling uh, from, the from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and it's it's called the uh, stake executive uh, stake uh, stake executive uh, secretary, and um, I was just you know I had the sickness and stuff like that, and uh, I was just feeling like drained, and tired and fatigued, and um, I was like just I was just having doubts like I know you you called me to this this you know position you know I was talking to God I was, I was you know I know you called me to this position but um. I, I don't know if this is going to really work out. Like, uh, I'm, I'm struggling here. And, you know, um, I, 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 I was still struggling, but I just held on to patience. And, well, I held on to God's word, and I, I, I held my faith in Him. I, I trusted Him, you know, that He'll, you know, He'll guide me or provide me that strength or that hope. And uh, he, he has, you know, I, I do do feel more comfort and more um, and hope that I do now than I did, you know, last week and so just like don't you know don't rush your, your your trial don't rush your challenge it's 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 god will end it when it needs to end you know but you know do do seek his help and don't feel like don't don't be where like i don't have to do anything kind of like we were at the beginning i don't have to do anything i just have to let god do all the work so just that's not the case. You you do have to you know faith is is, is a is you know, is, is you know, it's not just belief, but it's, it's you know it's it's works, it's act, it's actions, and so there's two parts. You know you you have to have faith, you have to have hope, and you know be patient with God's word, be patient with God, and um, he he will bless you with those blessings. I agree. It kind of wrap it up. If you want to be like God, you have to do God-like things, and in this case. God happens to be patient because the inference that God's case, he wanted us to be on this earth to have this plan and to grow, right? Before all of that, though, he had to make the plan of salvation. He had to have Christ do at the atonement. And then he had to have Christ make this entire earth. And I'm sure there were sometimes he was thinking, do we need the zebras? Like, do we need to have like, the trees? Like, can we just like throw them down here? like in a nice dirt path to get the process started. But he knew by being patient and waiting a little longer that we would like appreciate the grass and the flowers and all the other things that make earth earth, right? So if God can be patient, so can we. So hopefully this struck some core. So now I feel like we have this dead horse. We're trying to like, we're still like kicking it and like trying to find every angle possible for this topic. But it's only because for patience, it's talked about so often and it's kind of like cliche sometimes, but I'm really trying to 
just drive home that it really is a critical portion of like your discipleship journey. And if you aren't patient, you're probably not gonna make it very far. So on that happy note, have a great day, you guys, and God bless.